0: Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church.
1: On today's episode, we're continuing our series on manhood, part A, a spiritual man.
0: All right, well, we are back.
1: We're back after a little oh, bit of a break. Yes. We've had a lot happen. I feel like.
0: It is the summer, um, and we are the the student and kids ministers. So that's right.
1: We're wrapping up the summer, and it's just it's just been uh, a roller coaster of a lot of things happening over the last, you know, last the summer in of 2020. We didn't have yes. a lot going on, and so we were like, "Hey, we're good to kind of keep things rolling and like whatever." But like this summer hit us. Yeah. like a ton of bricks with just all the things we had going it's like on. trying to
0: jump right back into something that you haven't been doing in a while and and yeah it was definitely challenging but in a good way I and loved it
1: I absolutely loved being able to have all of the activities and events that we had before
0: yeah I, I did too and it it's funny like you said it's a it was a roller coaster and <laughs> we just got done taking the students to a, a theme park and roller coasters are interesting because they're both amazing and Thrilling. exhilarating and terrifying all yeah. at the same time. And that that's that's not a bad thing. That's that's good. So yeah. but I'm glad that we're able to finally do this uh continue our podcast cuz I've I've really missed doing yeah, this. Yeah,
1: I'm really excited to be back. We're going to finish up our man series, manhood series over mm-hmm. this week and next week and then we've got some new things in the works we're talking about and trying to get fleshed out. So we're pretty excited about that. We hope we can get back into a regular uh, routine of yeah. of diving into this, so
0: yeah. Well, let's talk about this uh, this idea. We've talked about men as being fathers and husbands and all these other things, uh, but one of the things we haven't really pointed out is the idea that we are we are spiritual beings. Like men are to be spiritual, mm. and I think a lot of times that is something that is just kind of uh, neglected. You know, it's like spirituality for men is isn't really that big of a deal. It's just do your job, you know, be a man. But but there is a reality in which we are supposed to be spiritual beings. But what does that mean for men? I think that's what we're going to try to talk about, right?
1: Yeah, we've really discussed what it means to be a, <clears throat> what it means to be, you know, husbands, fathers, all these types of things. But I think it really comes together in in view of God's design and all these things. when we talk about our spiritual nature, because a lot of times with, with men we're focused on the physical aspects, yeah. what we, you know, often the first question when you meet somebody is, is what do you do? Right. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And then we, then we learn who they are, what they like, you know, all these kind of things. We've got to get a little deeper, but the spiritual stuff is really, really important. That's a, a huge part of who we are. And so we can't neglect that.
0: Yeah, totally agree. And, you know, I think as we talk about this spirituality, one of the things that guys are kind of plagued with is this figuring out what spirituality looks like for us. And so I think there's this idea, we we kind of do the same thing in the rest of our lives when it comes to figuring out what something is, we just kind of shop around, right? and i think there's this idea of what i've heard some people call spiritual consumerism yeah um so d- what are your thoughts on that like yeah. what, how would you classify spiritual consumerism yeah
1: it's interesting a few years back i was reading uh, a men's health magazine and they had like the top 5 religions and they they really broke down like what do you have to do and what are your uh like what are the com- time commitments yeah. and what are what are the do's and don'ts and you know it went down to like uh Jewish you you uh, <laughs> don't eat pork you yeah. know things like that yeah, it's like yeah. huh you're making the decisions based on whether you get to eat bacon or not like right. that's not really a spiritual decision there that should not be your first thing and so it really was interesting to me like do you know are are we shopping for our faith you yeah. know and people do this with churches as well and so we think about mm, yeah man am i being led by god and by the spirit or mm. am i picking what what really appeals to me.
0: It's almost like, <laughs> that's interesting. Cause that's kind of like, if you think about it, that, that really is similar to the way people, you know, the Bible talks about people fashioning idols mm. almost to like meet their own specifications, you know? So it's like, I want an idol that does this, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so when we're kind of just shopping around for whatever makes us spiritually. Okay. I mean, do you think that's a problem or is that okay for us to just decide what we're going to do spiritually? based on how we feel.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely think that we need to be more about conviction. Mm. You know, here's the thing. If somebody uh, is going to say, I'm going to be a Muslim, but they're doing it because they feel that this, you know, convictionally that's the right thing. Obviously I know that's not a real, that's not true, but I respect that because they're doing it based on, What they feel spiritually, you know, not just, oh, this religion fits with what I, what I, Mm -hmm. how it fits in my life. You know what I mean? And so we really have to decide and think, man, if I really believe this, if I really hold Christianity as true, then I've got to be completely sold out. I can't be about shopping around. Now, that doesn't mean we don't, you know, for instance, um, if your church, You know, you've got to agree with them theologically. Right. Yes. You've got to agree with the overall vision and mission. That doesn't mean there's not a time and place to like switch churches, but it's done in a very careful, thoughtful way with much prayer and consulting with the Lord and His will. Yeah. And that's the thing people miss out on a lot. It's funny to me how few, when people make big decisions in their lives, you know, it blow my mind when teenagers like, I don't know what I'm gonna do to go to college, I don't know my major's gonna be. I say, Did you pray about it? Yeah. Oh well, well no. No, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. oh you know, I gotta people come to you and say, Oh, I got a big decision to make with a job. Well, did you pray about it? Yeah. And it's like, Hello.
0: Yeah. It is funny, you know, the Bible tells us bring your uh concerns, your anxieties, your worries to the Lord for He cares for you. And we just—I think we honestly just forget the simple things that the Bible says. That's why it's so important to be in the Bible. But you know, we we so easily forget that it's God who saves us. It's God who redeems us. It's Jesus Christ who is our Lord, not us determining how the faith should be lived out and so so we can't just shop around and determine for ourselves what faith is supposed to be it's it's biblically based and so that's why when we look at churches we're not looking at churches does this give me what i want is this what i need it's is this church biblical Mm. is this church doing what god would have them do and in in is this a place that God wants me to be? It's all about what God wants, right? Yeah,
1: it's just like what you said. It's not about spiritual consumerism, it's about being spiritually consumed. Yes, yeah. You know, are we are we consumed by the Lord in our lives and by the faith going forward? And that only happens through the power of the gospel. Yes. And that's, that's what really we got to drive at here, because if you don't have... The life-changing power of the gospel, if you've not been redeemed in your life, then none of this is going to make sense to you. And and all you're going to know is your own will and your own way, and you're going to continue to live in sinfulness. And it's just, it, yeah, you're absolutely right, because because then
0: it's just an opinion that can easily change, you know? It's something you can say, yeah, I believe this now, but later I don't. Whereas when, when you are genuinely saved, you have the power and presence of the holy spirit permanently you're Mm -hmm. permanently sealed and this is not something that you can just walk away from it's something that you are you were born again
1: right um, and so you are totally consumed by this reality right now. yeah I mean the gospel reveals a lot about ourselves what are what are some things that tells us about ourselves
0: man uh, this is what I think is so hard about the gospel because it does it shines light on stuff that maybe we don't want it to shine light on <laughs> but I think one of the things it tells us is that we are we are really kind of uh, hopelessly and helplessly lost like human beings so this is why there is no scheme no system that man has ever developed in the world that that will work sustainably because we are inherently broken inside
1: yeah you get a sense of that from re- people uh, you get a sense of that from reading the old testament you know yeah. people are often like why why the old testament why is it so big and i think you know we have to really get people to understand the, the depth of their lostness. And yeah. so you read a book like Judges, for instance, and how <laughs> the yeah. cycle of of them walking away from the Lord, receiving punishment, then them repenting and going back. And then where do they end right back up again? Right, Same They thing. end up walking away from the Lord. And this whole cycle repeats and repeats. You know, there was, um, I believe it was Francis Schaeffer... That would say if he had an hour to talk to someone about the gospel, he would spend 50 minutes talking to them about the sinfulness of their heart and how lost they are and the last 10 minutes explaining about the hope of the gospel. Right. Because we've got to get people to understand how irrevocably lost you are
0: well and that's like being diagnosed by the doctor like normally you're not spending all the time at the doctor's office you know taking medicine right like you're spending all the time at the doctor's office getting x-rays getting figuring out what's wrong figuring out what is wrong and so that is a big thing that the gospel that's why the old testament is so much bigger than the new testament because a lot of the old testament is really just pointing out the fact that there is a problem. What is the problem? Well, it's our it's our sin and our rejection of God as God. And so the New Testament comes in and tells us some more great things, but that's the thing.
1: We can't save ourselves. We need a Savior. Yeah. As a man, this hits us right square in the face because mm-hmm. men tend to be prideful. Uh, m- many, many guys, uh, self-reliant, yeah. not all guys, but there's other guys on the other end of the spectrum, of course, that are totally dependent. But there is a tendency
0: towards but, this. Yeah. yeah. There's
1: a lot of guys like, yeah, I'm, uh, I can do this. I, I can pull myself up my, my bootstraps. I, you know, I just got to grit it. And here's the thing. We can't save ourselves. This no. we've got, every man has to come to a point and realize how lost and broken we really are. Yeah. And whether we want to admit it in public or not, when we lay our head in our pillow at night, we, in, in our moments of quiet reflection we know our true lost nature
0: right and that's why we're so anxious that's why we're so depressed that's why we're so um you know frustrated sometimes is well, this because... is why we look
1: to other sources this you yeah know, one one of the biggest temptations for men is alcohol right why do we look to alcohol it's not just to not it's not always just a social endeavor sometimes it's to dull the pain of life yeah oftentimes that's it's right to
0: do that and we need to be honest about that i mean in the bible Clearly points this out. Romans five twelve talks about how sin entered into the world by Adam, but then it does tell us how Jesus is the new Adam, the mm. one who fixes that problem. Romans three ten through eighteen tells us that all have sinned. There's none righteous. No one is righteous. Everyone falls short of the glory of God. Mark seven twenty one through twenty three deals with this. I mean, those are just a couple. Those those there are so many different places we can go. Just right. read the Bible and you'll see it. Right. Um, well, but and Paul, and Paul makes
1: very clear what the solution. To the yes. problem is. And if you read First Corinthians 15, he says it's the death, the burial, and the witnessed resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, we uh th- this is something that we must believe and and it comes through faith and repentance, and through that we have new, redeemed, and everlasting
0: life. Yeah. It's it's I mean, this is magical, guys. Like what Jesus has done for us is something that you can't do, you know, you have this unpayable debt that keeps building interest. You know, you might, you might even be thinking that you're paying some bit of it off by being good. Right? right. But the problem is the interest compounds so quickly
1: that you can't, you just can't. Well, in ancient times, if you, if you racked up a debt so high, you would have to sell yourself into, into slavery, slavery to yep. pay it off. That's right. And really that's what's happened to us. We are slaves. We are enslaved to sin. Yep. Here's the reality though. The payment, the wages of that won't come due until later on. Mm-hmm. Now, there are obviously consequences for sin in our life and yes. we feel that, but the greatest consequence will be later on when we're eternally separated from the Lord living in in punishment forever. Yeah, that's right. And so we have to um, come to grips with that and mm-hmm. understand that we are enslaved and the debt is ever mounting. There's no way we yeah. can pay it off.
0: And and it's funny. I think sometimes people are actually ashamed of receiving this gift of Mm. the payment and you know we don't have to be ashamed of this need right it's everyone you know everyone's in the same boat so like do not feel shame that you messed up mess up and need the savior to pay your debt because everyone's in that same boat man like like this is this is good news. Well, Jesus
1: comes along, he pays the debt, he frees us from slavery through the it's through the purchase of his blood. That's yeah. what the Bible says. There's no amount of money, there's no amount of anything that can save us. Only the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and this is a free gift. Jesus offers it freely to all of us. This is the amazing thing to this, uh, in all of this, Brian is. Um, many, many other religions, you must yeah. do certain things, you must um obtain things, or or rather, maybe a good way to put it is prove yourself yeah. worthy. Yeah. Uh with the Christianity, you are surrendering yourself to Jesus, saying, I can't prove myself worthy, but you have offered this free gift of salvation and I am I'm running towards you. I, I really do believe that every every
0: single other religion. Now I've studied I've studied all the major ones, Mm -hmm. not not every religion in the world, but all the major ones. I think every religion in the world, if you took time to look at it, they all put the cart before the horse. Mm. They all put works before salvation. They think that you have to get it yourself. But the gospel, the Christianity is the only religion I've ever seen that puts the horse before the cart. It says, no, God is the one who pulls you along and changes you and makes you new. And so there is, what's cool about this is God explains it to us in the Bible and he gives us, we, you know, theologians have kind of classified what God has said into these three categories. And uh, recently you preached on Sunday and you talked about these some. Uh, What are these three kind of ways that salvation Salvation works itself
1: out. Yeah, there's certain theological terms that we need to understand, and these are real basic ones when we talk about salvation. It's justification, sanctification, and glorification. These are all elements of salvation as a whole. Yeah, You know, justification, that first moment we become a believer when Jesus has called out to us, we respond to that call with faith and repentance. We are, we are justified. We are made right. Yeah. So our standing with God completely changes. Whereas God would view us as someone that is a sinner before. Now the righteousness of Christ is imparted to us. And it it's like like a legal standing. Yeah. You know, we are we are completely and utterly saved. And in God's eyes, um, there is we are all of the dead has been erased yeah. we are free in Christ and we are made right that's
0: yeah and that's that's good news right cuz that's what we've been all that's what we've been talking about this whole time but as we live out our spiritual lives you know it doesn't just end with uh believe the gospel and then you're good to go for the rest it it, it it's complicated because it kind of is that way but i think of it this way if if using that same analogy of the horse in the in the cart like justification is basically like getting the cart hooked up to the horse, mm. right? Getting it in the right order. Like Jesus is the one who saves you and he saves you, pays your debt, right. blah, blah, blah. Well, then sanctification is the process of moving forward. right? You know, it's following behind. It's, it's letting Jesus actually change your life, like really going in behind him and letting him make a difference. It's living out that salvation, right? Yeah.
1: One of the things that helped me understand this was salvation. We often think of as like a past tense event. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a seminary professor that talked about, they said, no, salvation is a past, present and future Future. event. Exactly. So it did happen. Mm -hmm. It is happening and it will happen. Yes. So when we come to grips with that and understand that our salvation is a lifelong process, not that not that we're waiting to be saved because we're already saved, yeah. but the process of mm-hmm. salvation continues on in life. And you know the word sanctify to be set apart or made holy. Mm-hmm. And we are we are being made holy, that's being right. set apart, so God can use us. Yes,
0: and it's not that we are are working all this out on our own; it's that we are working this out in the gospel, in the power of Jesus. Right. It's well, abiding it's, in Christ. It's
1: the work of the Spirit exactly in our lives. Yep. So that's the work of sanctification: is us becoming more like Christ. Yeah, and and to be honest, it's not a. Uh, there's not a linear progression. You know, some people right. think there should be like a like I should be growing in like yeah, a gra- yeah, yeah, an upward yeah, yeah. trajectory. You know, I had another professor right, that's that was a good like point your life it, sanctification is not like he drew on the board like a graph that was kind of going up at like a slow angle mm-hmm. that's what we think sanctification <laughs> yeah. should be but then he took a marker and he said no this is what sanctification and he just scribbled all over yeah. the paper and he's like up and down and all around that's really what it's sanctification so is yeah it's it's up and down it's all around there are times that that we're walking with the lord there's times that we must be disciplined in our you know we must we receive mm-hmm. spiritual a discipline from the Lord because we're not walking with him. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a linear thing. It's, it's learning to walk with
0: Jesus. And that's, that's hard. Right. Cause it's a, it's more about, it's a journey. It's a life. It's, it's not about um, progressing upward you know, everyone thinks that life is all about just growing yourself. Mm -hmm. No, life is actually about being with God.
1: Well, and one of the things that helped me to understand this (laughs) the best was reading Pilgrim's Progress. Yes. Because even after um, Christian is saved Mm. and relieved of his um, burden, he is still tempted to stray. And, you know, he still struggles through and and there are other kind of heroes and things that come along to help him that encourage him in those times. Um, but I just thought that was so great, such a great illustration of what sanctification really means. looks like. Yeah. Well, and that
0: brings us to glorification, which is kind of the end point. But again, it's not this progressive thing that you just like, if you, as long as you make it to level 10, then you get to glorification. No, this is just what God does. In his timing, right. uh, as he takes us home, or when he returns, um, and really, it really glorification does happen when Christ returns. Yes, it's when we are given given new resurrected bodies. Bible is pretty clear about this. We are given new resurrected bodies when Christ comes again, and we are then perfected. We we no longer struggle.
1: It's about the final state when we are fully and totally redeemed and made new. Yeah. Whereas now we are spiritually made new, new and redeemed, um, but our bodies will still die and decay and, and you know, they will, yep. They we're, will be gone. We're
0: still in the fallen world, right. but, but when Christ returns, the fallen world does not, will not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we will only have a new creation that we will be a part of. And it's, and the thing about that is, we're with God perfectly, right? At that point.
1: Well, and that's where it talks about the final salvation. You yes. you will be saved, and the Bible says that the uh, God has not just promised this and said, "Okay, I'm promising you this," which is enough. By the way, that is enough. If God says a right, promise, He's right. going to follow through on it. But He also says He gives us a down payment of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So even until we get to His presence, His presence is, is with, with us. us. As a down payment, so we know what it you know, we can know we can trust God to get yep. to finish the
0: journey. Yeah, that's exactly right. He produces hope in our hearts to know that this is true. And so, you know, this is where we kind of transition into the idea of us being spiritually healthy, right? Yeah.
1: Before we get to that though, I will say if if uh if anything we've said about salvation, mm. I would encourage you to seek us out or or another pastor. Uh, somebody you can talk to, even a friend, a Christian friend. Yeah. And if you don't know the Lord or if your salvation is resting in anything else but Jesus Christ, yeah. uh, if you're counting on the date you were baptized or if you're counting on some date you walked the aisle and it's not in Jesus Christ, if there's no fruit in your life, then you need to examine your faith and ask, is it a real salvation in my life or have I just kind of been going through the motions and playing this Christian game yeah. with yeah. the Lord? Um, I would encourage you that there's no better time than right now yeah. to turn away from your sin and turn to Jesus in faith and repentance and know for sure that you are saved. Well, and don't, and don't wait. Yeah. That, that I hear, I totally agree with that, Brian. I'm glad you
0: said that. Don't wait till later. Don't be like, oh, I'll figure this out later. Cause, cause the Bible tells us clearly we are not promised any amount of time. Um, And so we don't want to, we don't want to wait. Don't wait. Um, because this is this is you know, the free gift of God, and the thing about this, we get this by simply repenting of our sins and turning—that's that turn away from sin, turning to Christ, mm-hmm. and believing in the gospel. Right? So we do that, but then that's that's the question of faith, like belief, right? Faith—that's what spiritual health is—is is yeah. really just. Growing in that faith, right? Right. So,
1: like, I, I love this because for the for the unbeliever, our prescription is faith and repentance. Uh-huh. For the believer, it's faith and repentance, uh-huh. and so it's <laughs> yeah. always uh, seeking. You know, Jesus was very um, big about encouraging his disciples to more faith. Yeah. If you read, there are several passages where he said you need to increase your faith, or he would say he would be exasperated and say, "Ye of little faith," mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like. We we believers need to need to be pressing in and increasing that faith and that trust in Jesus all of the time. Well, yeah, and that's the question, right? Because like everyone
0: says faith, and I ask this question sometimes. I I ask sometimes like, what's the difference between faith and trust and people come up with all these different things between what's the difference between faith and trust and guys be honest like when you when you study the biblical language there isn't a difference between faith and trust faith when the bible says have faith that is what it's trying the english language doesn't have a good right. verb for the words have faith yeah, the we- only verb for that is trust yeah
1: we went to a, a t4G several years ago and they had an Australian uh preacher yeah. there and he commented he doesn't like the English word for faith because and this was this was a word that was created by William Tyndale uh when he translated the Bible into English he yeah. was trying to think of the best use to encompass the the Greek word mm-hmm. of what faith really meant yeah the problem is faith is not a verb right and and what what is conveyed in scripture is a verb. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, you can't faith something. Right. Yeah. You know, but I can trust, trust something. something. I can place my trust. And so this is a better word is to trust uh faith is synonymous with trust, exactly. I think. And if we are trusting Jesus uh with with our with everything, with with our with our decisions, with our will with our direction, with the words we're saying, the thoughts that we have in our marriage, with our children, all of those things, then we're walking with the Lord. I think
0: sometimes the thing about growing your faith, your trust in the Lord, it says Proverbs 3, you know, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Okay, we get that. And we apply that to our salvation. Amen. Praise the Lord. You're saved, right? But growing in your faith does not mean you just trust that even more. It means you apply that to more of your life. Right. I, I really think that that like we all believe that Jesus saved us from our sins, but do we believe that Jesus go, is going to take care of my job today? Like, help, is he going to help me through today? Is he going to make sure that I have enough food for my family today? Is he going to make sure that you know these little problems? It's growing in our faith and our trust in the Lord is. Growing in the application to the rest of our lives, right. and, and that's you know,
1: it's seeing a that's pro- where
0: we struggle.
1: Yeah, just like you said, it's seeing a problem in our life, praying about it, and just knowing and trusting that Jesus is going to help us through that. And it may be that the answer doesn't isn't readily apparent, or it may be that the answer comes later on down the road, or it may be that it's just you have to endure what's going on, but. Don't sit there and worry. Right. Trust, because
0: like the disciples, the great example of the disciples in the boat, and they're scared out of their mind because Jesus is asleep and there's a storm. They all believed Jesus was the Messiah. They believed that Jesus was going to rescue them. They didn't understand fully how, but they didn't realize that Jesus could actually calm the storm. Right. They didn't trust him for that, and so that's kind of how this works. It's like Jesus saved me from my sins, but is Jesus going to help me uh you know raise my kids? Right. And that's and that's what we're talking about. Right.
1: And I think trust always leads to obedience. Well, yeah. You know, and I think this is where the this is where a lot of other faiths get it backwards. They want to put obedience first, first. But we say out of our faith, out of our trust in Jesus comes obedience. And I think that's really important. We we as Christians, there's been kind of a movement away from <laughs> Uh, obedience. Yeah, I, I don't need obedience. I just need Jesus. Right. Well, it's like, well, Jesus <laughs> called us to obedience. Like yeah. that. How do you re- then? You just don't know the scriptures. Je- then
0: Jesus literally said, "You call me Lord, Lord, but you do not do what I say." Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that okay. never makes any sense
1: to me. And here's the thing: James, the brother of Jesus, in James chapter two, he calls us to works. Yeah. To live out our faith or live out our trust in Jesus. So. To prove that I really trust Jesus, then I'm going to obey him. I'm going to live in the good works that he has set before me. The Bible says God has already prepared good works for you to do. Right. We just have to have the faith to walk in them. Right.
0: And we are his workmanship. He is the one. He's the one who works this out. He's the one who creates. uh, That's what, that's the way it works. Trusting in Jesus. He then creates obedience in our hearts and we walk in that. Right and that's that horse before the cart that's that's right. why this is so different but the thing about this is if we are not disciplining ourselves this is how we engage in this if we're not disciplining ourselves to really to to actually you know I think about the scene from Aladdin uh, right where he says he says do you trust me and she goes yes but then she grabs his hand. Right. If we do not let Jesus take us by the hand and pull us along, we don't discipline ourselves in that. Then we're not going to trust, and we're not going to obey. Mm-hmm. And so there are postures, there are things that we can do to really, um, to really expediate this. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah. So what are? Yeah, I think I yeah. think
1: I agree with you one hundred percent that we've got to do the work of spiritual disciplines to see the spiritual fruit uh, come out in our lives, you know, uh, I've often said that people are always looking for like a deeper, deeper, deeper spiritual yeah. truth, but it's, it's funny that the deeper truths lead us back to the more basic truths because the way that I continue to build my relationship, I've been a Christian now for, I don't know, a long time, longer than I want to admit, uh, cause that makes me old. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, wait, why? Uh, okay. Yeah, that's true. You are old. So oh, <laughs> thank you. I'm just kidding. Appreciate, I'm, kidding I'm kidding. Um, you know, the only way we can grow in our relationship is to engage in the spiritual disciplines. The only way we can know the father and have him work, see his work in our life. And, and we've talked a lot about this, right. so we don't have to, we don't have to beat a dead horse here, right. but listen, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I just want to tell folks, pl- you it's you yeah. have to get into God's word. You you have to have, uh you have to continue to have prayer in your life. And listen, I'm not talking about some like Right. Legalistic, like I've got to read the Bible 30 minutes every day, yeah. and I must have prayer time for five minutes a day. Like if you need a structure, right, great. Yeah. But don't live and die by that structure. You know, it's like, you know, you try to eat it's like you try to eat really good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then one day you may have a you may have an off day or there may be a day where you need to You know, someone's having a birthday celebration, and you may eat off your eating plan, right, or whatever. It's okay. Just get back on it the next day. Yes, exactly. So, like, if you're engaging in God's word and you miss a day, or you're not as you're just whatever, just get back in it the next day. Don't freak out about
0: it. It's okay. It's it's read the Bible, pray, worship, serve, be generous. But all of those things are really just spiritual nourishment especially the word you know because the bible says that jesus equates god's word to to bread it's it's how we receive Mm -hmm. nourishment that's how you get healthy and and the thing is you don't you don't Freak out about this? You just go back and eat. Like nobody is like, "Oh my goodness, I, I, you know, I ate food or I didn't eat food." Nobody's saying, "Oh man, I hate myself because I, I didn't eat food." Right? Um, maybe there are, and if that's the case, then yeah, you need to talk to somebody about that. But when it comes to spirituality, like you shouldn't freak out and be like, "Oh man, I didn't read my Bible yesterday." Just read your Bible today.
1: Right. Just enjoy your Bible today. Yeah. Well, I think about these things as as hard work. You know, we've used the analogy of like. Um, exercise, for instance, you right. know, there are so many people that when you find the right kind of exercise that you like, uh, you get in the habit of doing it. Then when you're not able to do it, you miss it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you take something that is hard, you turn it into a habit and then you turn it into something that you really love. love. You know, and I think I thought about this. Um, I thought about this, uh, analogy, like I used to really hate coffee. Mm-hmm. Now I could not imagine my life without coffee. Yep. And so it's one of those things that, like, when I first tasted coffee, it's like, oh, this is awful. It's, like, bitter and, like, <laughs> yep.
0: nasty. I need so much more sugar Yeah, I need yeah. all the sugar and uh-huh, cream, and then uh-huh. it's not even
1: coffee anymore, exactly. you know. And now it's just, like, straight black. Now I you're, drink, like, drinking.
0: I was like, oh, I taste the notes of blah, blah. You know, yeah, it's yeah. very, you know, earthy.
1: and you know. <laughs> It's that acquired taste, and I crave it. You yeah. know, it's like, man, I, I want a good cup of coffee right uh-huh. now. And so God's word is the same way. As we lean into these spiritual disciplines, at first we're like, "Oh man, this is hard. I'm, I'm distracted." You know, all of these things will come to your mind. But as you begin to form a relationship deeper with the Lord, then it's like, "Man, I crave God. I I gotta come to you. I gotta yeah. talk to you. I gotta pray. I, I I gotta get a word from your from the Bible today." Yep. You yep. know? Yeah. No
0: spiritual giant that you know of became a spiritual giant because they are just. Way better than you at loving God, right? They became that way because they just hung out with God, yeah.
1: And I can't can't remember who it was, uh, maybe Luther or Spurgeon, I can't remember it is, but some one of them said, I'm so busy today, yeah. It was Luther, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He said, I'm so busy today that I can't not afford to spend an hour in prayer. It was something, it was like a
0: ridiculous amount of time, like, yeah, I want to say it was like two hours, yeah, something like, I need to spend two hours with God in prayer because I'm so busy. And it's like that is not how we think right. <laughs> like, I'm
1: so busy, I'm gonna spend two minutes in prayer, yeah, you know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but it's like if we could flip that around, how much more, how much closer to the Lord could we be? Yeah. So it's just it's just something that's so um dear to my heart. I just yeah. want to encourage people all the time, g- lean into these spiritual disciplines, you know, yeah. continue to try to seek the Lord in that, and he will reveal himself in new and fresh ways that um, you just, you never really have seen in your life. This
0: is, yeah, this is guys. I know that sometimes this sounds really challenging, but this is just good for us. But here's the thing. This is much more serious than just what's the best type of life I can have. Right. right. This isn't just, can I have a good life? Can I be spiritually healthy? Because that's good for me. The The reality is, is Paul helps us. Paul, the Bible really helps us understand that we are not just living our lives out and everything's great and we just want to have good lives together. We're not just living our best lives. We are in a battle scene here. We are we are at war. And the problem is is many people don't know it. Many Christians don't know it. And guys, if we want to have spiritually healthy lives and we want to be spiritual men, then we need to know that we are at war and we need to be equipped
1: for it the way God wants us to be. Exactly. And that's where we're going to pick up next week is to really talk about, you know, we've talked about faith, Mm -hmm. right? Believing in Jesus, how we walk in our faith. But Brian, what do we do when we feel like we're under attack, whether yeah. it's temptation or trials or things in our lives. And the Bible has a lot to say about this. And so we're going to dive into that next week. That's that spiritual yep. warfare, right? And we're
0: going to find out this isn't, this warfare isn't just about us only guys, right. you know, there's a lot, there's a lot at stake here. And so, um, you know, we're in this together with the whole body of Christ. Yeah. We're also
1: going to talk about what it means to serve the Lord. You know, yeah. men, we have, we have so many gifts to bring to the table and oftentimes we we let the ladies step up and do a lot in church there is a there is a great uh what would i say there is a great uh lack of yeah, men void, stepping yeah. up and saying i'm gonna lead out in the church i'm gonna lead out in faith i'm gonna lead out in my community as a christian yeah. and we've got to take serious that call so we're gonna and jump into all that next week. just
0: to clarify i just want to make sure everyone hears properly <laughs> We're not saying it's wrong for ladies to do things in the oh, church and, to, and yes. to be in, you know, exactly doing what God has called them to do. By no means we're saying that, but we're just saying that sometimes it's like only the ladies doing stuff, right? And that's a big problem. And so, guys, we gotta, you know, ladies, can I get an amen? Right? Like, you know what I'm saying? So, so that's what that's all we're talking about. Yeah. So hopefully, so that's you'll good. Join us next week and. We'll talk about some, you know, warfare and stuff.
1: That sounds great. I'm, (laughs) I'm in. I'm here.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you you next next time.
1: time. Okay. Talk like you're normally talking. I'm talking like normal. Move it closer. Okay. So this is
0: this is me. I'm talking like normal now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you want me to say? Hi, I'm here. We're here in The North Campus. It's it's hot. Um Yeah, we need some air. And the air is on and uh
1: so Testing. One, two, three, people testing. Help us out. One, two, three, testing. Brian, Brian Van Doren, testing. I'm right
0: here testing, 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 testing. Testing, one, two, testing. Testing one, two, three.
1: Hey, let's talk like we're normally would be talking okay, during so I'm the podcast. Talking right
0: now and we are you we talking normal? Drinking some coffee. I and think so. Talking normal. I think normal so. Normal talk. I'm trying to talk normal and I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who am I? What is